ahead and learn practice mm. it starts with the small stuff yeah you know it starts with those little snob remarks that bobby's saying down the hall hey bobby you know we, we cool and everything but when you say this he kind of offends me yeah or, or not to, I've, I've been working on taking cushion words out too so don't say kinda it offends me oh yeah i hate the word kinda yeah yeah, yeah. or just don't say don't say just don't say kinda mm-hmm. don't say sometimes mm-hmm. make it direct make it clear make Ooh. it plain The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's going to take community and it's going to take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to the Work and Play Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Arielle Young, and I am super blessed to be sitting down next to this woman right here, Miss Lynn. Yes. Would you please introduce yourself to the folks? I am Lynn, uh, and as I said before, I'm trans color, so brown skin, call me by my name. <laughs> But uh, I work in HR, and so it's really a passion of mine to help people um, and to help them help them grow and to see their potential and to help them build on it. Only because I feel like a lot of people in corporate America and and being in HR, I've, I've run into a lot of first gen corporate people. Like a lot of people have never they haven't worked in corporate America. They don't have parents. Uh, their parents aren't CEOs or executives or any kind of professional person. They're more so on the labor intensive. Or the um, a lot of people come from like a medical family. Like I come from a family of nurses Mm -hmm. um, and CNAs. So when I went into corporate America, I didn't really have anyone to ask questions about. Like, how do I deal with this situation? Or how do I write an email? Or because you go to college and they teach you how to write in English and they teach you how to write essays and they teach you how they teach you the English language, but they don't teach you how to address stuff in the workplace via email. They don't teach you how to be direct because all these essays that they ask you to write are so long you know so you end up going to the corporate world and writing three four pages of an email nobody's gonna read that i'm sorry (laughs) keep going you know yeah no nobody wants to read that and 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 when people come into the workplace and i and i notice that they're doing that i i approach them and i say hey let me let me show you how to word your email yeah or let me show you how to cut it down and and depending on your how you receive the information lets me know whether I want to help you more or I need to leave you alone. Because some people like to learn from trial and error or some people feel that their way is the right way. But if you want to learn the right way, then I'm willing to help, you know? Mm, you coming in with the fire immediately. Mm-hmm. You're the first person I've ever talked to who introduced the concept of a first generation corporate person. Mm-hmm. I literally thought I came up with that myself. <laughs> that is um, such a valuable thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I feel like we're on two different sides of the same um, fight, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to first-generation corporate professionals, um, we know how to get in. There's so many resources available to help us know how to do a resume, how to like um, interview your way in. You mm-hmm. get in and then you're like, now what? In limbo. Yeah. And you're lost and you're and sometimes you're defensive because I feel like we grow up in a space of always having to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
especially when you're, I don't know, for if your parents work a lot, you know, they don't really teach you a lot of, I didn't learn a lot of conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a thing of, you made me mad, I'm walking away, yeah. or I'm hit you. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> those are my two options. Yeah. There was no communication. Mm -hmm. So like, this is what you did, and this is what I didn't like you did. Mm -hmm. And this is how I'm going to tell you, please don't do that again. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not going to yell at you, I'm not going to raise my voice, it's going to be a regular conversation. Um, because I think we grow up thinking the louder you are, the more you're hurt. And, and it's kind of, it's the opposite, you yeah. know, you know, the less loud you are, the better, you know, the mm -hmm. more you're able to kind of settle yourself in and be able to communicate and, and communicate effectively. Yeah. That's how you get to, you know, get your, get your run on, get your, yeah. you know, get your bearings in. And mm -hmm. I feel like, I think I've run into a very many people that they have issues at work, but they let it go and they don't say anything because they don't know how to approach it. Mm -hmm. They don't know if they can approach it. Um, they have that fear there. If I do approach it, then this will happen to me. Right. But if you approach it the correct way, then this, then it kind of corners people and they're not allowed to kind of, to, to get out of that corner and to retaliate on you mm. or to, you know, make you feel like you shouldn't have dressed it in the first place. There is a way to say everything. Mm. And I have, I've kind of learned it and I've mastered it because yeah. I watch people. And that's another thing. People talk more than they listen. Facts. If you learn how to listen and watch, that will be one of your best tools being first, uh, being a first generation corporate person. Okay. You got to watch. So you're first generation corporate, right? Absolutely. Um, definitely have to know where you're like, where you're, um, where you got the inkling, like corporate was where I was going to go. Mm -hmm. But where did you learn how to get, like how to be savvy? Did you learn through trial and error or did somebody like... I learned through trial and error and I learned through my mentor. Mm. And the the <clears throat> the thing that is so crazy, and I hope I'm not wrong for saying this, but when you when I approached a lot of women that looked like me that were just older, I kinda got the I would I would come to them and say, I wanna be in HR. Okay, well, you know, just keep applying. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Keep applying. You know, you'll get there. And then I met this other woman. I applied and she was like, I see it. She was been in HR for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you got it. And I'm going to mold it. Got it. <laughs> mm. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, it was like God came and like swooped me up and was like, you're going to be okay. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to hook you up with her. She's going to teach you and she's going to teach you in a way that you understand and she's going to be patient with you and she's going to care for you. And it was it was surreal. It was so crazy because I when I met her, I was so I think I was tainted by the corporate workforce because it was just like all the time, all the walls. You keep hitting these walls and you're like, I'm trying, but you're not you're all telling me what I'm doing wrong, but you're not telling me how to fix it or how to move around it. And then I posted the other day about going inward. I know I had a lot of anger issues. Mm -hmm. And so when people would even try to approach me about different things, because in corporate America, I feel like people think that, oh, it's all about, you know, being professional and being yeah. nice. Yeah. People don't always say nice things. And you're not going to like the things that people say. And sometimes if you don't do things the right way, they're not going to approach you in a very like subtle mommy nurturing type way. And it's, it's going to be like, I don't like this. Can you fix that? Or like, is this what you thought we were going to be able to work with? And so and growing up in those spaces where it's either fight or yell, mm -hmm. how do you take that in and still push outward? You know, like, how do you take in that kind of feedback and then Re, 
reply and be able to say things like, for example, if somebody approaches me like that now, I'm just like, hey, I don't have a problem fixing it. You know, I understand this is urgent for you. But, you know, when you approach me about certain things, you just just please be mindful of how your tone and things like that. Yeah. You know, and it's a quick and it's a it's a it's you it's it has to become habit for you. But it, it's not a thing of yelling, mm. but it's a thing of just having that that natural reaction of you know, if you can say things you don't like, I can too. Yeah. You know? And if you can approach me, then I can respond. So I'm curious. <laughs> you 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 mentioned it so well and we definitely have to dive into that your mentorship, right? Because mm-hmm. I think I feel like that's what stops a lot of people people like when people get tainted in corporate Mm -hmm. the mindset is it doesn't matter what I do what I say sometimes it's like because I'm black Mm -hmm. I can never do well right Mm -hmm. but the way you explain it is so matter of fact like you explain what you have to say you Mm -hmm. put what you set your boundaries you communicate it and you the way you complain is like I mean the way you explain is like there's no love lost it's just this is how you navigate Mm -hmm. So the way you receive, the way you navigate now, how do you experience your emotions without harboring it? Like, how do you release those like negative things? If because if because what I'm because what I'm thinking is before you before you found your mentor, right? Mm-hmm. You were tainted, right? Yeah. Then you would uh, you would agree with some people by saying like, "There's nothing you can do. You can't talk to these people. Mm-hmm. It's there's nothing, right?" Mm-hmm. Once you learned the game, was that like was that like a self care, so to speak? So yeah. now you can like yeah, because I would literally be in meetings. So when I first got with my mentor, I would be in meetings in the very beginning of our relationship, and people would say things like like for example, one guy said to me one time I was talking, he was like, "Oh no, wait, well." Because my mentor had went to the to the restroom and he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh no, you stop talking. We'll, we need to wait till she comes back." Mm-hmm. Basically, like what you saying has no you know no weight here. So you're 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 just sit you're just to sit here. Like my title didn't hold any weight. Like like what I what I said and, and what I brought to the table wasn't good enough. And so that had pissed me off so bad <laughs> mm-hmm. that when she returned, she didn't know what happened. But my I shut down. Okay. I didn't say anything for the rest of the meeting. Okay. I walked out of the meeting and I was furious. Yeah. Like I was so angry. You could see the the redness in, under my skin. You could she could see the tears <laughs> welled up. <laughs> I was so angry because I felt like I had been silenced, you know, and I had been devalued. So she came into my office and she said, Lynn, I need you to do this. She was like, if you wanna be you wanna be an executive, you wanna sit at the table. She's like, you need to suck all that shit up. She's like, and this is what you do. She's like, when somebody silences you, you don't allow them to. She was like, cause what you did there and sitting and being quiet, I instantly knew that you thought that that silent treatment was hurting them, but it was making them happy. Mm. She was like, so she was like, is that what you want? She was like, do you think VP sit around the table and they don't get upset and don't like people what people say? Do you think that when they don't like people say they get quiet? No, they talk, that's when they talk more. Yeah. She was like, they don't, they don't be quiet and they don't. She was like, you need to work on your poker face. She was like, you need to, she was like, all those high emotions you have, turn them into work. Mm-hmm. She was like, turn that anger. And she was like, research. She was like, because guess what? Nobody can fight credibility. Mm-hmm. Nobody can fight facts. facts. Nobody can fight anything that you say as long as it's real, it's a law and it's right. She was like, what, what are they going to say? What, mm-hmm. they gonna, what are they going to do to you? She was like, and I, and so I responded and I was like, but you have the ability, which I feel like I don't have. I was like, because I already feel like black women are looked at as being angry people. So whenever I do assert myself or respond in a certain way, I don't want to be received as angry and blackballed. 
she was like no it's all in your delivery she was like and i'm going to teach you so when he said that she's like oh all you had to say was well i'm just going to tell you the same thing she's going to say so let's continue oh <laughs> i feel relieved already you know yeah and so you're like yeah she was like give it back yeah she was like why do you why do you take it and then hold on to it and then sit it here mm. she was like you're silencing yourself no one's silencing you mm. that is so strong mm-hmm. so she really helped you manage your emotions mm-hmm. and that is such a sacred relationship mm-hmm. because it sounds like she's a white woman yes so one you had to get through your trust issues mm-hmm and then you had to get to a place where you are going to embody what this woman is saying, mm-hmm. which allows you to now release your emotions as you work up the corporate ladder. Yes. That's a whole other world than I know, honey. And I really, really love yeah. that. I yeah. love to even imagine mm-hmm. you going up the corporate ladder and still keeping your soul intact. Yes. yes. Do you feel that way? I do. And she's like, Lynn, I'm going to teach you how to navigate the boys club. Ooh. She was like, I'm going to help you get into their minds. Mm-hmm. She was like, she was like, and it's, it's not a big mind. You're going to be okay. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So at this time, you, the, the golden part is learning how to navigate your emotions in yes. the workplace. What is your relationship with the job? How long had you been in HR? I've been in HR for about five years. Um, because I, I went to, I worked at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I can say the name, but I worked there for a long time. I was about seven years. I started off as a cashier, then I moved to a head cashier, then I moved to a department supervisor, um, then I was a traveling trainer. Uh, and then after that, I was, I worked in, I worked as a backup associate supervisor, department supervisor, which is like a store HR person. Okay. <clears throat> then I moved on to have my own store and do HR in that in that way. Mm-hmm. And so for each step, though, it was like, here's the rules. This is what you do. Here's the rules. This is what you do. And so, but every role that I entered in, I saw the rules and I said, hmm, I can improve this and I can improve this. This is good. Throw away that. And so they started sending people from corporate, from IT to be like, well, go talk to Lynn. You know, or hire up people and go talk to Lynn because she's like, I was at one point, one of my departments was number two in the region. Nice. So I was able to, I've always been able to take information and make it better. You know, like take, take a process, take something and make it better. And so in all my ways of navigating, um, I saw HR and I like the people portion of it, but I didn't know it was so much business side of it too. And so when I figured that out, I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to, you know, make sure I have the the letters behind my name to make sure that I, you know, I, I look credible on paper as well as in person. Okay. Um, so then I moved up to the company I'm at now and she really connected all the dots because mm. I was able to, I worked in all those different capacities and I worked in and learned a lot of stuff about HR, but it's a difference when you can learn about recruiting a silo and then you can learn about you know workers comp and then you can learn about you know employee relations and you can learn you can learn about all the functions of HR but until you're able to connect them and see why this has to be good so that can be good Mm. and see how if you fix this this can increase this so if you do this this will make this better or if you look at trends and data and you'll be like okay well that looks like this happened over here so that's why that looks like that yeah I didn't have the I didn't I had all the parts but I I didn't have the puzzle 
So it's like looking at a picture and you got all your puzzle pieces laid on a table and I'm like, I know this is a picture. And I know this is this shape and I know this is the shape, but when I was when I got with her and I was able to mash all that together, I'm like, Whew. I'm a bad. <laughs> I was like, try me down, try me down, you know, and it's just like the, the, the joy I feel when people look at me and say, is that okay? And I'm like, you looking for my blessing? And I can, sometimes I can say no, sometimes I can say yes, you know, and I like that, you know, it's, it's a thing of, it's not a thing of being, it is a thing of me. I like the power mm -hmm. and I like the ability to make my own decisions and to make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. I like the ability to see something being done wrong to someone and to be able to fix it or mm -hmm. to talk about it mm -hmm. or to I like to be able to talk to her. And sometimes we run into issues and I'm like, like with backgrounds, for example, they'll say like, no, it's a hard no. And I'm like, I'm looking at it from my point of view, from my childhood, from my experiences. And I'm like, I say yes. Mm -hmm. And they're like, why? I'm like, because we don't know this man. We don't know what he went through. This was seven years ago. We don't know, you know, what he had to do or what his lifestyle situation was like at this time. Yeah. I'm like, so now we wanna keep someone from being able to provide for their family, yeah. you know, because of something that happened seven years ago. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I had a conversation with um, my old manager. Um, it's funny, and, and a long, I'm going to give you a long story short so you understand the context. Mm -hmm. um, when I left my company, mm -hmm. I ended up getting um, two years of unpaid leave, which made it so that I could keep a relationship with the manager that I had, mm -hmm. just in case like we just had to do paperwork or whatever, right? Yeah. We would have like maybe monthly conversations or quarterly, whatever. In one of our final conversations, we had a conversation about hiring black people. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and what he said to me was, um, you know, where's the value in just hiring a black person? Not, he didn't say these, I'm paraphrasing, right? Yeah. Where's the value of hiring a black person just for hiring a black person? Like, you don't want to be making the wrong business decision, right? And I, what I said was something to the effect that, well, I, at the, once you get to a point where you have a black candidate and a white candidate at the table and you have to assess their value as a black person or even when you bring up the background situation, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to understand how that person will add value to the organization. Like, I think what I said was I, I pray that, you know, HR gets smart enough to be able to do that. And what you're saying is that that mindset is what we need in the room to be able to communicate what that is. Mm -hmm. it, are there any like, so one, have you, ooh, I got two questions <laughs> and I hate when that happens because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna ask you both of them. Mm -hmm. My first question is, are there, do you foresee any data opportunities to be able to take into account something that is not, um, Oh, they didn't go to Harvard. They didn't do this. They didn't have a GPA. It's like the value of this person mm -hmm. that will bring value to this organization. How, have you thought about ways to capture that in the data form? Or are we going to always need someone to communicate or advocate? Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. 
This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank y'all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast, and thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode. I I haven't figured out a way to put it in a, in a data form. I wish I wish somebody out there would. I know in using myself as an example. They like to have me on the department because, yes, yes, I have the professionalism, the education, the the ability to communicate, but I was also raised in in West Philadelphia with <laughs> at a young age. You know, my mom was a single mom for a very long time until she met my stepdad. Um, I've experienced different things. I have friends from different backgrounds. I view things differently. I understand all of the systemic racism. I understand the oppression. I understand the different, um, I guess, ploys that the government put in place to oppress black people. So when I see certain backgrounds come across my desk and I I used to have a really hard time with a, uh, another young lady in my department because basically she was reporting to me, but I didn't, I didn't like how every single time something small popped up, she would be quick to want to deny someone. And it, it was like a lot of them around like marijuana or um, like small, like maybe small, like, I don't want to say small, but like robbery and stuff like that. But it would be from years ago. Mm-hmm. And so her response would be no because they're a bad person and i like to feel like i'm not god you know like who am i to look at your background and say you're not a good person Mm -hmm. you know who am i to look at your background and say you don't deserve opportunity because i don't know what your options were yeah you know when you were in those spaces and so i can't see the color of the person but i could kind of guess you know, and and if it ends up being a different color, I want to afford them to say opportunities. I'm all for equality, but make it make it equal. You know, when I say like make it equal, I mean, I feel like black people have a certain disadvantage when it comes to resume writing, networking, um, interviews, just interviewing for regular labor jobs. Uh, because they they can work physically, but they're unable to communicate that. Yeah. So it's not fair. Mm-hmm. So you have some guy that's come ready to come in here and wow you with his words, and he gets out there and he can't do shit. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But you got this guy sitting here, and he desperately needs a job, but he can't tell you. You know, he can't answer all your you know questions about his past life and you know and you're looking at his resume and there's only three words on there but you don't know he went to the library and this is all you can figure out yeah you know so mm-hmm. i'm not saying that so yes they will always need somebody in the room to 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 be that unbiased but also understanding of the various backgrounds because you haven't for example my mentor when we have blm just like blew up it was going crazy after george floyd and we had a conversation because she was like well i will somehow we got to the point where i was like 
My mom, when I was younger, told me when you see the police, you, you answer questions and you say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and, and you make it back home. I mm -hmm. said, have you ever had any of those conversations with your kids? She said, never crossed my mind. I said, um, so when your kids get stopped by the police, they're, never, they're, not, they're like, I'm going to pay my ticket and go home. I said, most of the time when I get stopped, I'm like, damn, am I, am I going to make it home? Facts. You know, so it's just mm -hmm. a different, I said, there's a different level of stress that we carry on a daily basis versus that you will never that you will never experience that yeah. you never have experienced so she was like well thank you for telling me that you know because it it helps those mm -hmm. conversations <laughs> absolutely and, and you know sometimes I, a lot of pe people in our in our community will be like oh you wasting your time you 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 tell you talking about and i'm not just as radical as i can be mm -hmm. If I ever get when I get the opportunities mm -hmm. to have those discussions, I do really take those discussions seriously Me because too. I'm like, hey, you just asked a very honest, ignorant question because mm -hmm. like, you just didn't know. But then since you're open to hearing, I'm open to sharing. And I think our people get so exhausted with, with sharing in your relationship, though, there's uh, there's been this give and take. So, you know, you're not wasting your time when you let enlighten someone. I just think a lot of us have been burned mm -hmm. to like try to extend ourselves so that to help you understand mm -hmm. what the perspective is. Um, the other question I had, mm -hmm. you see, how I did that. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, you make those decisions, right? Mm -hmm. You it's a certain risk. Yeah. Do you have a track record of being able to say, hey, here's the value of me being able to make these like um, unconventional hiring decisions? Yeah, you do. What? Do. How do? I do. What does that look? Tell me. <laughs> like, I gotta tell me. What is that? What is your? What's your track record in like hiring in those unconventional ways? Do you mean like have I done it on multiple occasions? That's what I mean. Okay. And then how do you know the sauce now? You know what I mean? Because now you know how to do do it again. So for me, it's it's the conversation. I call people on the phone. Like, cause if people come to my office and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't think I want to hire this person. Or unfortunately in the sales industry, there is a, uh, a lacking of us. And that is because not a lack of a skill set. Cause I feel like we can, we sell things. It's a lack of thinking that we could do it because of the way that when you're doing face-to-face -face sales, they're looking for a certain look, a certain, you know, you know, just cookie cutter type look. Mm -hmm. And so I always push the envelope. This person has the experience. This is what you asked for. These were your minimum requirements. These are your qualifications. This is what you, this is what you picked out. There was nothing that here that said you needed this or that. There's nothing in the book that says this person can't do it just as well as this person. Yeah. And so I push that envelope a lot in that, in that particular area of the company. Um, I push it a lot in just in any any office type environment, because I feel like. As long as you have all the qualifications and you're able to perform the essential job duties just as much as this person, why not choose this one? You know why not? And I'm not saying that they should be like you were saying earlier, picked over the other one. I'm just saying like the value that they bring the different companies they've worked at, the different, that everybody sees things through their eyes differently. Yeah. And so if you keep continually to pick people that have the same mindset as you and the same background as you, 
and they and you have all these things in common with them there you are going to continue to build up a department that is you yeah and so how will that take you to the next level mm. so that being said again it's your perspective it's your background it's mm-hmm. your ability to communicate this thing and then to be able to advocate for certain candidates mm-hmm. in the room i think that is amazing (laughs) amazing so when i think about you sitting at the table across from a person that says don't we don't need you to talk we'll wait for her to come back into the room Mm -hmm. one i can understand where the fire comes from Mm -hmm. and then what happens for your mentor to be able to set give you the words to say oh i'm just going to say the same thing Mm -hmm. what happens in that situation what i'm feeling is the next time one, one the next time because it will happen again you can take all that what you just said into a room and really bust it down you know what i mean mm-hmm. but then i think about the people who are still where you said you were tainted mm-hmm. and have not found a way to communicate their value in a room maybe mm-hmm. they don't even know it yet mm-hmm. so my question is without saying because i want to be like you're the chosen one right <laughs> I want to say that, but I also want to say, like, how do we bridge the gap so that other women like us, other men and women like us Mm -hmm. learn how to communicate? What would you say someone can do actively Mm -hmm. so that it's not a Hail Mary, so that it's not like a, you know, like a, you know, like Mm -hmm. a a play by God Mm -hmm. so that they can actually do something to figure out how to operate in rooms like that? Therapy and practice. Mm. So when I get angry like that, or I overcome with those emotions, it's because, you know, of issues that I have inside, you know, like, because if someone's asking a simple question, you know, just out of ignorance and I get upset or defensive, you know, that's on me, mm-hmm. you know, and then also you control how you react to stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you're not able to sit in those rooms and have a conversation or communicate things that you like or you don't like you can because you can't just talk when you're happy yeah you know like <laughs> you have to talk when you're upset you're disappointed yeah you're angry <laughs> you're frustrated you know you have to be able to communicate in all spaces Facts. Uh, <laughs> that is so simple. <laughs> you can't just talk when you're happy yeah you can't you know like because a lot of people feel like well i'm not happy right now so i don't want to talk I close my door. I don't have that luxury. You know, HR, people are going to talk to you all the time. You know, so <laughs> you have to be able, you know, I may have came out of a meeting and I might be through the roof. Yeah. But then Mary comes to the door and she didn't do nothing to me. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> you still got to be able to like, yeah, you have to be able to let go, but you can't come back to your office with this because I feel like a lot of people do this they come back to the office and they're like well i should have said this mm-hmm. and i should i should have told them this and i was i was you know it's feeling like go ahead and learn practice mm. it starts with the small stuff yeah you know it starts with those little snob remarks that bobby's saying down the hall hey bobby you know we, we cool and everything but when you say this it kind of offends me yeah or, or not t- I've, I've been working on taking cushion words out too so c- don't say kind of it offends me. Oh, yeah. I hate the word kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
or just don't say don't say just don't say kinda mm-hmm. don't say sometimes mm-hmm. make it direct make it clear make Ooh. it plain you talk about little things so practice and therapy love it right mm-hmm. you also do something that's really dope on your social media which mm-hmm. is um i'm gonna try to say it right 30 days of tough yes, hey, yes. <laughs> so i think that is you owning mm-hmm. everything that you just said and like you said, doing this, like taking it, the small things. You shared a win mm-hmm. where um, someone came into your office mm-hmm. and they needed something from you, and you just said, "No, I won't be able to do I that." I won't be able to do it. Can you tell me about the first win? Mm-hmm. Right, the first win where you're just like, "Oh, that that went completely different than it would have." <laughs> Oh, let me see. A lot of meetings. So I have a lot of meetings and my mentor loves to bring me into meetings with like the lead team. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes there are people in not they not sometimes there are people in there that don't particularly like um, to be told what to do. And that's that's normal, because if you're in a position where you're most most times telling people what to do and then there's somebody that you feel that is in a lower level than you telling you what to do of course you might not like that Mm. and I understand that so I've learned how to be in those spaces like I rolled out an applicant tracking system the company didn't have one at all like I which is hard to believe applicant tracking system is is what you would call like your work day your brass rings everybody applies on most of the time on an applicant tracking system yeah thank you for explaining that (laughs) (laughs) so I rolled one out and they use it company-wide now. Um, so when I did roll it out, I had to explain it to the executives and, you know, tell the return on investment and, you know, what, you know, what this would do to help the company. Um, and so there were a lot of people in there like, well, what's wrong with the old way? You know, why we can't do it the way we've been doing it? Why you come here and, you know, and, and they didn't say it that way, but that's where they were going with it. Mm-hmm. And so then you saw how they kind of shut down the meeting and they were like, well, I'm not going to learn how to do it, mm. you know? But again, I could, in the past, I would have been offended by those things. But then I, I, I kind of got my wings up under me now. And so my thoughts were, I picked this. The president chose it with me. He approved it. It's company-wide. I did this. It's not going away. If you don't want to learn it now, you'll learn it later. <laughs> and so I kept talking. Ooh, you know, and, and so I'm like, somebody's gonna get this. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm like, I understand. And, and, and so when he said that, well, why we can't? I said, I understand. I said, but you know, and then you educate. Mm-hmm. I understand. But these are the things that it's gonna allow us to do. And you know, we're hoping for the best. And this is the amount of money that we saved so far. You know, testing it out. And you know, we ran all the numbers and. You know, so this this was a good choice for the company. Yeah. And I hope that you, you know, join us. <laughs> how would that have gone? No, you know what? Yeah. How would that have gone? Well, you we kind of know how that would have gone. Olin. Olin would have. Olin would have. I know because I've been I had to work. I had to work on my faces a lot. Mm. So my initial reaction probably would have been like. <laughs> <laughs> How in the beginning, my mentor, she used to just pick it up, you know, because she would see me instantly switch over and she'd be like, well, guys, you know, she was really good about making it smooth Mm -hmm. and, you know, picking it up and being able to talk. So and so we walked out that meeting. She was like, I'm so proud of you. She was like, that was amazing. Mm. Like you did amazing. She's like, I'm so impressed. Mm. And I was like, 
Yes. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, okay. So one thing that's clear, um, for those of us who want to work in leadership and um, centering this around black people, my mind is going to us, so I'm going to stay there. Mm-hmm. For us to be able to navigate in corporate America specifically, right? Um, having a certain level of in- emotional intelligence is imperative. Um, I believe emotional intelligence is important around the board. It is. But it's lacking. It's lacking. And my mind is going into this bias where I feel like, why do we have to learn emotional intelligence and they don't? Right? That's my mind. It's like, they can be negative and and then they can just kind of say whatever they want to say. And we have to be able to absorb and release. We do. Which I love. We do. We do because... I've had a few people come by my office and say something like, well, excuse my candor, Lynn, and just say whatever the hell they want to say. Yeah. And it's the thing of, I, you know, I approached you and I, and I prefaced it with, excuse my candor. So now I'm going to literally say whatever I want to say. And so then we have to be able to take that information and still and respond professionally. And I've, so after talking to my mentor about it and feeling the way that you do, mm-hmm. she said it's not about a thing about being the bigger person. It's about being the smarter person. Mm-hmm. And so and everybody's not going to be the smarter person. And everybody's not going to have that emotional intelligence and partner with their skill. Um, so you have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. She told me that in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Because, and I've seen it before. She's like, you ever seen a person that does a really great job and you wonder why they never moved up? she said, because they weren't the smarter person. Hmm. They weren't the smarter person, the emotionally smarter person. Hmm. Mm. That's, that's, that's real. Okay. Here, a learning that I just realized. So, you, so, you know, I have, um, spent a long time advocating for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, um, one of the things that my mom has always told me is, Aria, you got to play the game. Yep. And I have always responded with, I don't want to play the game. I'm me. Like, well, I don't want to have to listen. Yeah. And what I learned in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is that you have to have the same, if not more, emotional intelligence to, to navigate as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, because the atmosphere is actually less regulated. Mm-hmm. The bureaucracy might even be easier to navigate when I think about the situations that I've been in. If I had the tools to just express it, I think I'd have been a firehouse. But because I said, I don't want to play the game, I'm tainted, yeah. I, I left. And then I decided to go into entrepreneurship because I honestly do feel like I thrive better in that space. There's a certain me that... If I don't have a manager mm-hmm. to be that barrier, everything's going down. <laughs> going down, guys. <laughs> but I always tell people, 
I've gotten so many questions about this brand and I'm super excited to share that this episode is sponsored by Black is Wealth Clothing. Now, Black is Wealth was created to inspire and empower our culture to tap into our wealth. Now, when we talk about wealth, we're not just talking about financial wealth, we're talking about the strength, resilience, and brilliance that lives inside of all of us. Now, by tapping into our wealth, we can create any form of wealth that we desire. So, if you like this shirt or any other shirt that you've seen me sport on my Instagram or any other sh- any other platform, then go check them out at blackiswealth.com. I love this one and y'all are going to love it too. Now, let's get back to the episode. Entrepreneurship is amazing. If you can find your niche and move into it, mm-hmm. then and and cuz I feel like in corporate America there are a bunch of referees around. Mm-hmm. Somebody's always watching to flag you, you know, and then to run it back and say, run it back. HR, look at the, look at it. Look at this. Look at this. This is a red flag. You need to call it on them. And it's like lots of things are not red flags. You know, lots of things are just you and your emotional issues and, and, and your, uh, what you call it? Fragile. You're just fragile, mm. and, and everything is is it's not as huge as we make it. So I like that people move into the entrep. I wish I could. I'm I'm looking. I'm always looking to find my little niche. Like, mm-hmm. how do I move out there? But from a young girl, I can remember. I wanted the whole office. I want to go up in the elevator. I want the the glass, you know, office. I want somebody outside saying, "Hold my calls today." You know, not today. I've always wanted that I've always wanted my desk and I've envisioned my little gold plate and I'm not saying that you can't get that as an entrepreneur because anything is possible anybody you look at all the companies they were built by entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. but just for me it's just I I guess I like the challenge of oh I'm running this waste and then you know this is the goal and I'm getting there yeah so and what you just said is really powerful. And this is what I coach my clients on. Mm-hmm. The power of visualization. Mm-hmm. When, when, when you say anything is possible, anything really is possible. Mm-hmm. When I look at you, I see a black woman who's headed up the corporate ladder and she's happy. Mm-hmm. Talk about anything is, is, anything is possible. If an entrepreneur out here wants to envision their, their level of success, that's just as possible. Mm-hmm. Because I'm looking at something that... I'm looking at someone who embodies, I never envisioned being happy in corporate, right? Mm -hmm. And so I never even could understand someone who was happy in Mm -hmm. corporate. Um, But as I understand this, you you talk about the power of visualization. So do you have a a spiritual practice or a uh, meditation practice or even prayer Mm -hmm. that keeps you guided and keeps you um, grounded in knowing what your vision is? Yes. Remember we talked about that? So we talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. So my, I do pray, but it's more like a conversation. And so, so I don't have like really an outlet. Like I can't go to work and just blow up when I'm angry. I I have a three-year-old, so I can't blow up at her and use my frustration on her. But you know, God said he was my father and my husband and everything else. So when I come home after work, we have conversations, you know, and I'm just like in the car, like, God, this is what you said. You said I was going to have this. You you gave me the vision of the office and the titles and the and the wealth and the success because I've had and I always have visions of conferences like doing this on a very large scale for other women and, and saying you know because I feel like I didn't have that and I feel like I I just have this this want to share everything that I didn't have access to before the people that are tainted and I'm like okay God you know. Um, I'm feeling like Lazarus right now, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like I'm waving my hand, you know. I'm calling for help and uh, <laughs> I am dying. Okay, I'm literally dying at the vine here and I you're walking. You're walking, you're not even at a brisk pace. You're right. strolling. This is a Sunday stroll for you. And I need you to make it here as soon as possible. You know, and, and God is like I've heard several times, wait, just wait. And every time I've waited on him, literally, I, I've, I've elevated things. Success have, has come out of places I wouldn't imagine. You know, opportunities have came from places I didn't think that, you know, they would come. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, God, I, I, I hear you. But, you know, I need this to go a little faster. Yeah. You know, and I hear all the time, well, then you're only 33. You're only 33. And I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> but uh we got timetables i'm like but uh you know in the next five minutes here what's happening what's what we gonna make shape you know <laughs> listen <laughs> i swear he looking at you like side eye like a mug like I'm okay like, yes, like, and then he comes through yeah, he does yes. he does you know and I'm like but I, I didn't have to die Lord I didn't have to die I, if you would have got here when I wanted you to get here I'd be still alive right now and wouldn't that just be a bad <laughs> situation like come when I tell you to come yes. That that's one thing that we say like, well cause I grew up um, I grew up in the church so mm-hmm. to speak right not mm-hmm. not not your avid church goer but mm-hmm. we say all the time he come when he want to <laughs> and you know but it's always on time Yes. No. No. When I was in church, they said Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want, and I'm calling my phone call, going to voicemail. (laughs) You seen that gift? Listen, when the monkey be on the phone, I'm sitting here, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. It's busy signal. I'm leaving voicemails. (laughs) He like, "Um, uh, please forward all my calls today. (laughs) Yeah. And then I left so many voicemails. Now I'm saying voicemail is full. Like. You are hilarious. Listen, I can only imagine if I was in corporate with an HR partner like you, just to be able to truly like a human. Yes. Yes. A whole human, yes. a whole human with a spiritual um, groundingness. Mm-hmm. You have your daughter, mm-hmm. right? You have your family. Yes. I think all of that is amazing. I have a question about hiring talent. Mm-hmm. So um, before I left, it was one of those situations before we talked, before we started the interview, yeah. you were like, someone told you you know if a door closes right it's, a, it's redirection right and you're like no I want to go here yeah. don't be redirecting me I remember when I had a conversation with um, an HR mentor of mine and she told me because I was trying my, I, I could get a job I, mm-hmm. it, that was no problem but I wasn't happy mm-hmm. and she told me like you know, you really should be like you have an entrepreneur um, spirit this that, and other and I, and I kept telling myself you don't know me <laughs> One, you just trying to make it so that I don't get this job. I need the job, right? You, to give me the job, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, of course, I left and my life, you know, three years later, life um, unfolds. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, dang, I kind of was scorned at that woman for a while because I was just like, oh, she just didn't want to give me a job. She wanted to block my blessing. Mm-hmm. And listening to you, I feel like there's a skill in all of this. Yes. So when you identify talent, and I'm, I try to think of this like, because I think there's nothing malice. For, I don't feel malice energy, right? But when mm-hmm. I think of HR, I'm like, oh, they want to hire somebody who's going to like stay in the stay a slave in the company and like just be there. Mm-hmm. And they have the, the 
propensity to stay there for 30 years because they can get their return on investment. It's such a business de decision. Mm -hmm. But when she can identify, you should be an entrepreneur and then navigate me into an entrepreneur route, I'm like, oh, there's an objective skill set that allows you to see who's good for this, who's good for that, who'll be happy at this, and who'll be happy at that. Yeah. What is that skill set that helps you differentiate who's a good fit? It is a skill. When I talked to my mentor about it and she pointed it out at me, it was it was it was something I always knew was there, but I didn't know it was a skill. Mm. And it's insight and intuition. Okay. Some HR people have it and some don't. Some people go through the resumes and they're literally just looking and reading the words. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about all the things you may have learned and retained and, and the, the value you may bring. And then sometimes like I'll get people and I'll bring you look really nice on paper. I'll bring you in and I'll talk to you and I'm thinking to myself, why the hell are you interviewing for this? This is this is not where you should be. You should be over here. And, so, and like and I'm like, you've been in this for so long. And you think, yes, you're good at this and, and you have a great skill set, great experience, but I think you will flourish over here, mm. you know? And so I've had a couple of interviews like that. And then people, they were tainted and they were like, dang, so I'm not good enough to be in this department. And it was a thing that I responded and was like, that's not it. It's not that you're not good enough. I think you're better than what you're going after. And so for you to, if you, when you have passion in something and you love something, you excel in it. Mm. And so when I can find a, can I can feel your passion or kind of see it, then I'm like, okay. And I notice it and I know the different, because HR works with every department. We don't just work in the HR department and then just blind to everyone else. We see the different cultures in the other departments. We see the skill set. We see the the, co the career paths that are associated with it. Um, and we we understand the skills that you need on paper and then also the other skills that, like soft skills that you need to do well in that job. So, and that's not every HR person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. If when you find a person like that and they're, and they're like, hmm, you would be really good at this. I, I encourage people to listen to that, mm -hmm. you know, because it's not that we're saying, no, we, Get out, get out from over here, you know, <laughs> we're saying like, yeah, you, you'll be good over there. Like, yeah, yeah like I had um, a guy, he was like gung ho about being HR. And I'm like, you're a sales guy, you know, like, and there's a sales part in recruiting. Like, I feel like recruiting is kind of like sales, but it's not fully, fully sales. And I'm like, you, you, they make a lot of money over there. Like, yeah. I'm trying to help you out. But no, this is what I want to do. I took psychology and I'm excited about being in HR. And I'm like, but I'm not a dream killer either. You know, so if I make a mention to it and I see that you're offended by it, then I draw back. Got it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's what you said earlier, where it's like mm -hmm. you try to coach somebody, but if they don't seem coachable, mm -hmm. then you have to pull back. Mm -hmm. Lord, yeah. I am. I'm, I'm sitting here like happy that mm -hmm. at least I took heat. Yeah. But there are times when I'm you not just, gonna beat it into you. Dang! So somebody's like just shooting themselves in the foot, yeah. and, and you're sitting here because what I was thinking is, you don't have the time to guide mm -hmm. so many people, but you do it in subtleties. Mm -hmm. You do it in small measures, mm -hmm. and then if someone's receptive to it, then it can kind of turn into more. Yeah. But if someone's not receptive into receptive to it, you just you gonna I'm gonna take my yeah. energy and my thoughts back and mm -hmm. let you go and do what you yeah. want to do. And I wish you luck. You mm -hmm. know, they come ask questions. Sure, I hope you. You know, I answer your questions, but I've learned 
through therapy mm-hmm. that if people don't want your help don't extend it you know mm-hmm. save it for the people that want it or save it for yourself yeah so you're the talent you are obviously the talent <laughs> <laughs> you are the talent and i'm thinking about um your resume your background mm-hmm. like what make makes you like tick right mm-hmm. um you you grew up, um, and I'm I'm, t- I'm I'm trying to remember the city, um, but I know you went to Shaw. Yes. Right. Yes. You went to Shaw. You decided to go to a HBCU. Yes. I'm just trying to figure out what was for first for we were first generation, right? Mm-hmm. For a first generation girl before she goes to an HBCU, mm-hmm. what was what was your upbringing like? It was it was eye opening. My mom did a great job of showing me, probably overshowing me, the struggles of black people. I think I was like seven when I watched Roots for the first time. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You can't go back at that. <laughs> and so we watched like Black Panther Party together, you know, and I remember uh, her. And so that, it kind of made it hard for me to trust my mentor because I had watched all these different movies and I had all these different, I had heard these different experiences of my mom. And I was just like, she, you know, basically like, don't trust them, don't go over there, you know. But I was not having the best of luck on this side with mentorship. And this person was just willing to do it so easily. Like, you know, basically like me, like, if you want the help, I'm here, like, let's get it. So growing up, I was the oldest of five. So super caring, nurturing. Um, my mom worked a lot. So, well, sometimes she stayed home, but sometimes when she did work a lot, I had to, you know, take care of my younger brothers. Uh, so I just grew up always being selfless because it, it was no other choice. So I, I kind of learned to make sure that they were okay and put myself last mm. and then I took I took that into adulthood and I had to unlearn that you know I had to unlearn it but that was uh it's probably one of the reasons God set me up like that because it helps in HR you know it's not that that I want everybody else to you know flourish and not kind of suffer but mm-hmm. there's a because I had to learn not to suffer mm-hmm. through therapy but there's a thing of where people can feel that I genuinely and passionately want to make sure that they're, you know, they're good. Yeah. You know, like I, um, I, I have the ability to connect with people and I love that about myself. And I think that came from, you know, for so long being so being a leader at a very young age, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a soft skill that you can't necessarily um you can't manufacture, right? Like you, you were a leader at a very young age and you knew, you know, I think about a, a parallel universe, uh, universe where a young girl is the oldest mm-hmm. of how many, five? Yep. And- All boys. All boys? I'm the only girl. Wow. Yeah. So it's like you, you get that leadership, which a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm talking black women, but you had the education. Mama sitting you in front of like, this is how the world works. Yes. So you have really been armed with natural leadership as a fan, mm-hmm. as a, that's the oldest. Mm-hmm. But then you've been educated, mm-hmm. so to speak. The trust definitely was something for you to get over. But what did leadership as a young girl mm-hmm. look like in high school and then in college? And how did you hone in on that skill set, whether you knew it or not? 
I think when I was di- in different spaces, I was so used to being a leader, I naturally took that place. Mm-hmm. Like if we were doing projects or um, if there was like a, a, a group to build or uh, after school, like, you know, like the debate team, all these other teams, I naturally was just like, let's do it this way. Well, I think it works this best this way. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I was always able to communicate well because when I was young, my mom made me read the dictionary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mama. Yes. Yes. I could say that when I was young, but, you know, it really helped me. And then she made me read out loud. She forced me to take public speaking classes um, while other kids were going to like home ec Mm-hmm. And learning how to boil an egg and make a, you know, walk around with a basket of baby. She said, you want to practice being a mom? You got four dolls in there. Yeah. Your brothers. Knock yourself out. She's like, but school is for learning. And so you will be learning real stuff. So she pushed me to learn a second language. And I went to, when I went to Shaw, that was actually my major to learn Spanish. And okay. I, I built their first Spanish club there. And um, I was actually fluent for a while because she, she would take whatever extra money she had and would like send, she sent me to Puerto Rico for like two weeks so, so that I could like, you know, practice the language and she really poured into me. She invested a lot. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Your mom sounds like she had a huge role to play in your development. She did. Like as a professional mm-hmm. and as a person. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, moms pour into us as people, mm-hmm. but you utilize all of that as a um as a professional i'm curious if you know like what it is that makes your relationship with your mom unique our ability we talk we talk about everything we and we she set that up for me for when i was very young and she was all like if there's anything that you want to talk about that you're afraid to tell me in person write a letter slide it under my door Mm. and so she gave me that safe space that I needed to fully develop and be myself. And when I wanted to walk around and wear weird shirts and pants, she was like, do it. You look great. And cause she didn't have that. And she didn't have anybody to tell her, you know, you got this and you can do this. So it was, it was great. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was great. And so. Hey y'all, let me tell you about my friends at Run The World Clothing. Run the World is a community empowerment brand that chooses to educate on black history, black culture, and black radical thought through apparel and experiences. Run the World is a vessel to celebrate the black experience for black people and our allies. And I have on one of their latest pieces from this season's collection. So if you haven't seen Run the World Vic's episode on the Work and Play podcast, go check it out or go to their website to check out some of their apparel. Now let's get back to the episode. Now with with my daughter, I do the same thing. Like, if you want to wear that, girl, knock yourself out, honey. Like, you look good, man. You look good. Them high waters in that <laughs> and that long sleeve shirt. But what she was doing was building my confidence, and so she wanted me to know that in any room I was in, as long as I was confident, nobody else's opinion mattered. And so that was another skill that I I grew up learning because, especially being overweight as a kid and as an adult you have i see a lot of people you know that's overweight with confidence issues where i don't really have those because my mom was always like girl you better do it you know like i always had a lot of confidence and and that was because she she beat it into me and i think she beat it into me because she didn't have a lot of it you know she didn't 
have a lot of confidence and she was just determined. She used to always say, education is something nobody can take from you. You know, like everything that I'm putting into you, she would tell me all the time, you're my investment. I'm investing in you and you better make good on my return. <laughs> and, I, and I always ask her, I'm like, are you getting your money's worth? <laughs> Yes, baby, I'm getting my return. Like, you know, you, she was like, the other day she was like, you just make me so proud. And that is the highlight of, of why I do what I do. Because I'm just like, if she's proud, I'm doing, I'm doing a good job. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's amazing. You have, um, you have really touched me. <laughs> like, I'm thinking that's lit. And I'm thankful for your mom mm-hmm. who grew up. I can only imagine she decided to pour into you in, in, in a way that a lot of mothers don't know how, right? Especially with their girls. Especially with their girls. Mm-hmm. That's why I ask you because a lot of us have a, a very tough relationship with our mothers. Mm-hmm. That's my best friend. I couldn't live without her. <laughs> I talked to her before I got here. We talked 30 minutes. <laughs> Come on, mama. <laughs> you like, yeah. That's such a sacred thing. Mm-hmm. I would even say, and maybe this goes into hiring or not, but your ability to be successful in corporate takes a level of like groundedness, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't find your... Okay, I'm going to say this mm-hmm. at the expense of being wrong, but you can't find yourself in corporate. Like, th- there's not... You will lose yourself there. You will lose yourself You have to have an anchor. You have to have an anchor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what your mom serves for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. She's definitely my anchor. And so when I reach out to her, she's like, um, when I'm having like different conflicts or different issues, she's like, now I can't tell you how to say it in the professional way. Cause you know, I tell me, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she was like, well, what I will tell you is you don't back down for nothing, you know? And, yeah. and it's that, it's just like that kind of stuff is like, She's damn right. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to back down for that. You know, because I earned this space yeah. and I'm going to stay in this space and nobody's going to push me out of anything. No. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the vision of going to the top floor. Perfect office. I can see it. I know what it looks like because I, I, you, you know, you yeah, I can yes, see it. You know what? You also said you see yourself at conferences. So yes. how do we? Um, expound on how can you expound on that vision? So the vision is, um, I guess just connecting with a lot of other women that maybe be first generation, or maybe just they just want the information, or maybe they're in um, spaces where, because you know, like construction and manufacturing and warehousing, they're full of men. Mm. You know, like there are not a lot of women in leadership position in those spaces. So how do you? I, I want to share all the information that my mentor has given me about how you navigate those situations, how you sit in a room full of men knowing you're the only one there that makes an impact on the company and deal with, you know, different mindsets and, and different conversations and, and different uh, issues and conflicts that are pushed against you. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you could be 
Oh, you have one person on your side, but because they're like, oh, you're a woman. Like, <laughs> no, I don't want to hear that. Mm. You know, how do you, it's okay to assert yourself and to be that leader. And if you are deemed as too tough or too this, that's better than being called weak, you know? Yeah. So I just really want to share the information with mass, like the masses, like I, and of course, there'll there probably be different entities, but I feel like my mom is like a great life coach. She coached me. Mm-hmm. And so I would love, she's always wanted to be in life coaching, but she always have felt like, you know, I don't have the certificates or the, you know, all the accolades and all the letters and all that. But I'm like, some skills you can't learn at school. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, this conversation, so being at the conference, right, we're there mm-hmm. and um you're helping other women understand how to hone their power, mm-hmm. um, which now opens up the world of being like, the world really is your oyster. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of a conference where there are entrepreneurs and corporate professionals sitting down, listening to Lynn speak mm-hmm. about how to own your power, how to like change your mindset and how to think about showing up in these conversations when you do sit at the table. Mm-hmm. And therapeutically release that anger. Yes. There's a whole thing in there. But what you just said about when you, when you said your mom um, is hesitant about going into the life, space, life coaching space because she doesn't have the certification. Um, there's this, there's this like distinction, like, I guess, between like coaches and, and I'm getting my master's in, in social work. So this conversation is happening in between like therapists <laughs> mm-hmm. and coaches. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have your certification. You can't do that. Yeah. And then you're in HR. So you have your certifications, but you also have life experience. Mm-hmm. So. If you could expound on like that, the value in talent mm-hmm. and credentials, like. How would you, how would you like, I guess, what would be your, what's your opinion on like a person going out there, let's say charging $10,000, $20,000 to work with them. They don't have credentials, but they have life experience and they're saying, Hey, I can get you this result. I would go with that person. (laughs) Honestly and truly, like, I feel like I value experience over the, the, you know, just going to school and getting the certifications. I know it's a part of, you know, you, you needed to, to look good on paper, but it's just like you could have all those experience at school and all those degrees and still I work with people every day that I feel like you got a degree and I don't know where your brain is. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's over there. And <laughs> Not over there. <laughs> Well, maybe you left it before you came to talk to me. But <laughs> and I work with other people who don't have any degrees at all. And those are my best conversations. You know, like those people I learn things from on the daily, like my mom being one of them, you know, like she has a high school diploma, but she's never went to college and got all these degrees and certifications. But I go to her for some of my hardest scenarios Mm -hmm. and she's always able to help because she has the life experiences and she's, you know, going to say been through the fire and the flames and came out. And so those experiences kind of mold you. Yeah. You know, no diamonds are made without pressure. Yeah. So if you came 
no no offense to the people that came from those wealthy families where they were able to you know just swiftly go through things and easily go through things but their 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 value and and as far as knowing on a broad you know like on a wider spectrum thing versus the person that has went through all of life and then you know got the degrees and then came to the table I'm gonna pick this. I'm gonna put my money on this one. Let's go. Ooh. Okay. So we started this whole thing saying you didn't know you had all of these like experiences, right? Yeah. You had been in. I can imagine the HR generalist, the compensation, yeah. like all of those different roles. You met your manager. She pieced the puzzle together. You said, "Ha ha." Now, we sat here and we listened to your whole story. I understand, like, how, not whole, because I'm sure we yeah. just scratched the surface. <laughs> but then we also hear your corporate experience. We hear how you add value. Um, amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I didn't ask you was, like, if we think about what that puzzle piece, that puzzle actually looked like. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and I'm thinking about the women that you help at the conferences. I'm thinking about you being in your um, 24th floor office with the glass window looking over the beach. Mm-hmm. And giving yes, some more. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Still want that little secretary out there. Right. How you doing, Mary? Right. <laughs> you doing, Mary? Thank you. Because you know Mary know what she's doing. <laughs> now, how do you communicate what it is that you do? And how do you add value? How do you help people? Strategy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I add value through strategy because it's just like you bring me all of your pieces, but I help you put them together. I help you to decide, you know, whether this is what you want to do or this is what you don't want to do. And that's just not on a personal person to person life coaching thing. That's that's with, you know, the whole business, because people come to me all the time. Well, I'm, I'm trying to staff this or I want to do this and. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's a good plan there, but maybe take this out and put this in or Mm -hmm. maybe throw that away all the way. And, you know, I don't see this there and I don't see this piece there. I didn't think about that, you know. So it's all about having a type a person like me that's able to see bird's eye view, because sometimes when you're in it, you can't you can't see everything that you're missing or everything that that's access not like just excess like that you don't need mm-hmm. so i think that's that would be my my thing yeah strategy i can see that being able to see how each of the cogs work mm-hmm. now allows you to see how the engine mm-hmm. operates um would you consider yourself a businesswoman with like um like the um interpersonal superpowers mm-hmm. or would you consider yourself um the word is Ah, I can't even find it, but it's something more so like, you know, soft Mm -hmm. with business acumen. Soft with business acumen. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think your your business skills allow you to um, communicate like what those superpowers are like in a in a um, revenue, like a revenue perspective? Yes. What would you say? (laughs) What would you say the worth is? the value of that skill set. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode.
just you mean you mean like just the the intuition the insight and the those type those soft skills those type of skills yeah how can we value those in the in the marketplace mm. and that's i think that's always my my um issue mm-hmm. it's like those skills mm-hmm. and and even when i talk to akia shout out to corporate smokers y'all better go look, check her out on ig yeah. <laughs> She's like, Lynn, charge. Like, where, where is your, your quote sheet and your this and your that? Because, you know, she comes from that marketing type background. And I'm just like, I just want to help people. And she's like, helping costs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I've never really put a number to it. I've never, I've never thought of it in that way. I mean, at work, yes. Mm-hmm. But in just overall in my life, it's just like, always been a thing. I'm like, I just... I just want people to do well. Mm. I would love to challenge you in this moment. And as I challenge you, I'm challenging me. Mm-hmm. Um, because we live in a world, it's easy. Oh, investment banking, 70,000 70, minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right out 22 years old, 70,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, finance skills, cool. 55 minimum, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, um, you worked on an engine before? Cool. Put a number on that, right? Mm-hmm. And you got so many people in this world who are great, superhuman people mm-hmm. at these soft skills. And we flounder mm-hmm. because the world hasn't set a dollar amount. So mm-hmm. we don't know what the dollar amount is. And we don't feel justified in asking for that dollar yes. amount. Yes. So I want to challenge you because I don't sit with HR um, powerhouses often Thank who you. have the mouth yeah you have the mindset to look at a talent mm-hmm. and from an objective standpoint truly value the person in a non like slavish kind of way mm-hmm. so for us it's important to like know how priceless it's mm-hmm. priceless i know mm-hmm. but how do we how do we truly value that skill set when you think about Anytime that skill set shows up in, in the workplace, you're like, oof, if it hadn't been for that, this whole thing would have went to shit, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. There are situations that prove these skill sets to be valuable. And I'm just asking if you would think about mm-hmm. a number and it like, it, we, this not, it's not going down in ink anywhere, <laughs> but what's the value of a skill set like that? Mm-hmm. My boss, oh, well, my mentor, she always talks about it. And she's like, she was like, you know, at one point I was making like almost 300 a year. And I was, that number, it just took me back. I was like, I've been thinking way too small. I was like, $300, like $1,000? She said, yeah. I was like, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. So I agree. I do need to find a number. I like 300,000. You like 300,000? I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, You're, you can build companies with the knowledge that you have. She was like, you don't, you don't think it's worth it? Boom. You just said it. Mm-hmm. I'm running with it, and I'm not just running with it. Mm-hmm. Now I have. Building companies with that? You got it, girl. Yeah. You got it. Mm-hmm. 300000 <laughs> Thank you. Check, please. 
I'll be sending you the invoice. Hey, Mary, send the invoice. Mary, <laughs> send that out for me, please. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been such a treat. You don't yes, even understand. Me too. me too. I have enjoyed this, really. This is amazing. So as we wrap up, um, I think about the people who are yet who have yet to push themselves, challenge themselves, mm-hmm. not just take the leap out into entrepreneurship, but take a leap. Mm-hmm. Take the small leaps, take the big leaps. Jump. 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 Listen, you, and you're you're ahead of you're ahead of my question because I'm I'm just wondering what do you say? You're you are now kind of like in the mentorship seat at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to someone who has to get past being tainted? Let's just start there. Cause mm-hmm. it's a tough place to be and it's hard to receive. Mm-hmm. So and, and this is the only time I'm going to ever ask you to help somebody who doesn't necessarily need to be helped right now. <laughs> but what do they need to know? Uh, you got to start with the inner workings. You got to make sure that you're good, like that you're that you can get over that that tainting. And then you'll be able to build on that. And, and I feel like in the workplace, find your niche, find what you like, your passion your passion is what equals the money. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Mm. What you love to do is that's where the money resides. Find it and push through it. And don't allow people to, people are gonna come after you. They could come after you from all angles. You're gonna be tainted in more way than one baby. Like my mom says, and you are gonna have to push through and, and, give it back because sometimes i feel like holding all those offenses like pastor mike says transformation nation mm-hmm. um holding all those offenses well how are you gonna carry your blessings you know where are you gonna put them at so you got to be able to throw those down so you can be able to receive all the good things that that life has to offer you that's amazing mm-hmm. thank you so much listen y'all thank you for watching thank you for listening Lynn, if there's someone out there who is, they wants to connect with you, they just want to see you grow and flourish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually when you have you know, something out here, and people are <laughs> like, I need some of that. Yeah. How do people connect with you? How can they work with you? Logical underscore Lynn. I'm on IG. Um, and then my, um, you can click contact and it has my email. You can text me, you can reach me just about any time, any time. There you have it. Well, you know what to do. Go ahead and get some of this superpower energy I have thoroughly enjoyed it and i know you have too so you know what to do go ahead and do your homework until next time i'll see you next week peace